Well, hey, good morning. Happy New Year to all you guys. We start the 2018 off. I want to say welcome to all those listening, tuning in online somewhere. Thanks for tuning in to Facebook or uh, podcast and to the Grove. And uh, it's going to be a good year. Anybody, ex- anybody expecting 2018 to be a really good year? Yeah. All right. I like to hear that. For you, some of you that are thinking, I'm not really sure how this is going to go, hopefully today is going to inspire you to say, okay, I, I think I can begin to believe for something great, something good, uh, which is one of the big parts we're going to talk about. Uh, but we're going to start a series off called Uphill Habits. Um, and here's, here's the thing about New Year's and New Year's resolutions and all those things. Uh, resolutions, they get us going, right? But they don't ever keep us going. There's not enough motivation to keep us going. It's always the habits we put in place that keep Keep us going as we want to go forward with our goals and our aspirations and all the things that we want for 2018. Um, I, I believe Aristotle said like this. He said that we are what we repeatedly do. Uh, so we, we, we get these habits going, and then eventually that's, that's who we become, those very things that we put in place. Uh, we can say it like this, that we form our habits, and then our habits, they actually end up forming us. So the things that you do on a regular basis are the things that are actually forming you to be the person that you are. So if you see life as uh, an, a journey and an exciting opportunity, 2018 coming, it's because you probably have things in your life that are challenging you to, be, to see life that way. If you don't, it's because you have things in your life that are actually causing you to see life in a different way, a more negative way. And so um, here's the thing for our, the big idea for the whole series is this, is most people, all right, we, they have uphill habits. I would say all people have uphill, uphill hopes. We all hope and dream for something great in our lives when it comes to relationships or our job or finances. Like if I asked you, you'd say, yeah, I, I have a dream for this in my life to be great. Um, I, I, I want this. And we all have uphill hopes. The problem is, is too many people have downhill habits. And this is where we run into a problem is we're hoping to go this way, but because our habits are taking us down, we'll never be able to accomplish the things that we really want to accomplish in life. And so we need to change that. And so hopefully this series, the next four weeks as we go through it, we're going to challenge you on some, some principles that we find in the Bible, godly principles that say, if you will practice these habits, you'll eventually begin to see that they're going to take you up to accomplish and to uh, realize a lot of the dreams and the things that you have for your life. So we're going to change that from downhill habits to uphill habits. And here's the thing is when, when, when we start the new years off and you start thinking about this, about 2000, 2018, I, I, would, I would just think of that. That idea of, is, is in my life, am I creating, and the things that I'm doing, are they leading me uphill, or am I just going with the flow? Am I doing what was easy for me last year, and what's been easy for me the last few years? Am I going just to, to eat everything I want to eat because it's easy? Am I relaxing and all, do those things that, that affect the way I live, or am I pushing myself to, to challenge myself to do new things and try new things? And so today we're going to talk about that. Um, when it comes to 2018, I want... I want us to be consistent and deliberate. If, if you want to realize the, the, the best year of your life, you have to be intentional. You have to be consistent. You have to be deliberate in what you're trying to do. And here's the good news is, is with God's help, you can realize that and do all those because God wants you to succeed in your life, as we'll see in a little bit as we put his principles to practice. Um, and here's the thing is that every, everything worthwhile is actually uphill in your life. If you think about anything in your life that you want to accomplish, I'm guaranteed that if it's something that's, that's worthwhile, it's going to cost you time, energy, um, relationships and cost you a lot of different things that sacrifice to be able to accomplish those things because everything in life is uphill uh, you want a healthy relationship with your with your kids or with your spouse or your your uh, significant other it costs it, t- it takes energy it takes time it takes investment you want to have a better 2018 it's going to a worthwhile year it's going to cost you some energy because it's going to be an uphill habit um, when it comes to 2018 being better um, and hopefully it's going to be the best year of your life you know you could do one of two things you can accept responsibility and move forward in, in, into 2018 with, um, with, with a desire to make it better, or you can make excuses. Excuses are easier. 
Um, they don't take as much energy. You can go with the flow. You can, you can you know, blame everybody else for what you have, or you can take responsibility. Um, when it comes to 2018, the, the choice is yours. You can either make progress or you can make excuses, but you can't make both. If 2018 is going to be a great year, you can either make progress and fulfilling that, or you can make excuses and repeat what you've done in the past or whatnot. It's kind of like it's kind of like when it comes to excuses. It's like the story I heard about this man who was driving driving home and he's kind of swerving everywhere and he gets pulled over by a police officer. The police officer pulls him over and says, "Sir, I pulled you over. I'm going to need you to take uh, this breathalyzer. I think you're under the influence." He says, "Well, I can't do that, officer." Makes an excuse and the officer says, "Why not?" He says, "Well, I'm asthmatic and if I do the breathalyzer, I could die right here on the road." He says, all right, well, if that doesn't work, then I'm going to have to take you into the station and give you a blood test. He says, well, I can't do that, officer. He says, well, why not? He says, well, I'm, I'm a hemophiliac, and if, if I, you take the blood, I could bleed out and die right there in the, in the, in the, in the station. He says, well, then I'm going to have to take a urine sample. He says, well, you can't do that, officer. Why not? Well, I'm a diabetic, and it won't give you the right readings. You'll never know what it is. He says, well, fine, then I'm going to have you walk on this, this white line, this straight white line right here. Well, I can't do that, officer. Last excuse. He says, why not? Because I'm drunk. You could be like the guy driving to make all kinds of excuses or you could take responsibility and own up to your part of it. And when it comes to life, it's easy to make excuses. It's hard to take responsibility. I would say 2018, would you, would you take responsibility in every area of life and say, if, if 2018 would be better, I need to own up to my part. I need to do my best. And so here's the thing. If, if you are going to have a better year this year than last year, you have to have a few things. If you're going to form uphill habits, here's a couple of things that you need to have. The first one is this, a hope for a better future. Uh, in this room, when I said, are you ready for 2018, a lot of people cheered, which is a good indication that you have a hope for a better future. You're, like, you're, you're, you're dreaming that 2018 is going to be a good year, so you're already on the right track. If you don't, I would say you need to start there. Because here's what the Bible says about, about God's plans for people and for us. It says in, in uh, Jeremiah 29:11, it says, that, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. When Jeremiah gave this prophecy, the people of Israel were in exile. That means they were slaves in a different land. Like they were not in their country. They were in a different country um, in exile. And so when he wrote this to them, he's saying, when he gave this prophecy, he's saying, I have good plans for you, and it's not slavery. I have good plans for you, but it's not being stuck where you're at. It's something better. And this is what you have to believe about God is he has good plans for you for 2018. Your challenge is, God, what are those plans that I could partner with you to accomplish those things? So you have to have hope for a better future. The second thing is you have to have repentance from the past. Uh, repentance is a, is a word we find in the Bible a lot. Uh, there's two ideas. Uh, one is one is to, re, uh, to to turn away from something. The other one is to return. Like it's this idea that you're you're, you're going to, you're going the right direction, and then somehow you got turned around and you're traveling down the wrong path. The best picture I could think of is if you're in your car and you're trying to get to Los Alamos, but you find yourself going south towards Albuquerque. What is the solution? You throw a U-turn, right? Like your 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 GPS would tell you, like throw a U-turn at this next turn. You'd go in the wrong direction, you turn, you'd U-turn, and go back in the right direction. That's what repentance is. Repentance is saying, I'm turning away from what God doesn't want in my life to what God wants in my life. I'm returning to God's best for my life. So repentance is where we find ourselves off track. It means we turn and say, say, we walk back to God saying, here is, here's, here's, here's my life back for you. And, and it's, it's, we, we turn to God. So it's making a U-turn. It's, it's stopping that direction and going in a new direction. So if we're going to have repentance from the past, that means if there was things in 2017 that kept you from God's best, you need to leave those things and go into the future. Um, in, in recovery groups like alcohol, like AA or um, uh, NA, uh, Celebrate Recovery, there's this really popular story that, that passes around. It goes like this. It says it's, it's the five chapters, my life in five chapters, they call it. 
In the first chapter, uh, you would say it like this. My first chapter of my life is I'm walking down the street, and there's a hole. And I fall into this hole, and I'm stuck there. It's a miserable hole. I don't like this hole, but I'm there. Not No fault of my own. Whoever put the hole here, it's their fault, not my fault. Eventually, I, like it. I don't like it enough, so I climb out of the hole, and I, I get back up on, on, the, on the right ground. Chapter 2, I'm walking down the same street. I fall into the hole again. Still not my fault. I don't know who put the hole, the hole there. It's, it's, you know, it's, I don't like it. I sit in the hole for a while. It's not very fun. Eventually, I climb out of the hole and begin my life again. Chapter 3, I'm walking down the road. I see the hole in front of me. I go towards the hole to see what it's all about. I fall in the hole again. Eventually, I get out of this hole. I don't like it. Chapter 4, I see the road. I see the hole. This time, I think I can scoot around it and not fall in. I'm going to get as close to it as I possibly can, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think I'm, I'm strong enough now to get around it. Get close to the hole, excellently fall in the hole. I'm in the hole for the fourth time. I don't like this hole. This time, it is my fault because I knew there's a better way. Eventually, I don't like it enough that I climb out of the hole and start my life over again. Chapter 5, the road with the hole, I avoid, I find a new road. Get the idea? This is the thing. If you're going to have healthy habits in your life, you have to become chapter 5 people, which means you're going to stop avoiding the paths that have holes in it, and you're going to say, what is the new road? What's the new path that God wants me on that don't have holes? How can I walk on that one and avoid those ones? And God has invited us on this journey saying, would you be the chapter five person? Just find a new road. That road doesn't work. Those things that you've been going to over and over, whether that's alcohol or drugs um, or addictions or pornography, whatever it is, those, whole, those roads don't work. You just keep finding yourself in a hole or debt. Those, those things don't work. Go on a new path. Go on a new road. Start a new journey and say, God, I repent from those things. I move to these this way and that's one of the biggest messages of the bible is god is saying i want you to follow my lead stop going down the, the roads that don't work uh, paul says it like this in philippians three thirteen. he says brothers and sisters i do not consider myself yet taken hold of it but one thing i do forgetting what is behind me and straining towards what is ahead i press on towards the goal to win the prize for which god has called me heavenward in christ jesus what is he saying i'm forgetting the past like, I'm not perfect. He says, I'm not perfect. I haven't got it all together, but I'm going to avoid the past. I'm going to let go of the past, and I'm going to strain towards the future. He's saying, we need to move forward. So hope for a better future, repentance from the past, leaving the past behind. And the third thing is this. You need to begin formation of new habits and better habits and uphill habits. So in your life, that means you have to have a budget um, for, for your finances. And that's an uphill habit because... Downhill habits is I'm just going to spend everything and borrow more money, put everything on a credit card. That's a downhill habit. It's easy to do. Uphill habits is saying I'm going to say no to that thing because it will affect my budget. It won't be good. Uh, that means giving up certain foods certain, certain in your diet. You have to let go of things that you really like. Eating everything anytime you want, that's a downhill habit. It's easy to do. Uphill habits is going to say I know those things aren't good for me, so I'm going to avoid those. I'm going to make myself disciplined. I'll get people around me to help me. So you have to form new habits, all right? Um, that's what it takes to be able to form, to, to accomplish what, what, to make 2018 a better year. Uh, he's, Paul says in Romans 12, 12, 12, 2 like this, fix your attention on God, you'll be changed from the inside out. Here's the thing with New Year's resolutions and, and New Year. Most people focus on the outside. They want to change everything on the outside, but what they don't realize is if you don't change the inside first, all those things really won't make much of a difference. It'll be only for a temporary while. It'll be a quick fix. It won't solve it. Paul, and, and the way God, the Bible says, is we need to start from the inside, figure out what's really going on deep inside. What is causing those behaviors in the first place? He says, if you fix your attention on God, you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. 2018, what would that look like if you recognize what God has for you and responded to it? 
unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of maturity, God brings out the best in you, out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. And this, I believe, what my job and our job as a church is to say, well, what would it look like to be, have well-formed maturity in us? What would it look like 2018 if we became more mature, if we grew up a little bit in different areas in our life? What would that look like? This is why groups are so important for our church. Because when you're in a group and you're, you're uh, helping other people and each other out, you're helping people to mature, to see what they don't see, to learn and grow in areas that they're not strong in. It's important that we do that. We let God mature us. But maybe, maybe you start from the inside out. So that's, that's what you'll need, those three things, if, if you're going to um, begin to change things in your life. And so today we're going to talk about the first habit. Habit number one. The first habit we're going to talk about is this, is we have to focus on what we do first. The first habit is you have to figure out what the first things, what are those most important things in your life? And we're talking about what the Bible says, what's most important. But in your life, what are those most important things in the different areas of your life, in finances, in relationships, in uh, your work, emotionally, physically? What are, those, what are those important things in your life that you want to accomplish? What are those uphill hopes and dreams? Well, you have to figure out what, what the first things you need to do so you can get there and not do seconds or third things because they'll always lead you on a downhill habit, a downhill slope. So focus on what I do first. And this is what the Bible says that you should do first. The Bible always says this, that you should always put God first. Uh, so if we're going to have, uh, if we're going to focus on, on what we do first, I would say put God and number one, put him first. In fact, Genesis 1.1, if you ever get confused, you just have to go to the Bible, open up to the first page, and what do you find there? In the beginning, in the beginning, God created, right? In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. If you ever got off track, just go to the first page of the Bible and say, just read that first, those first four words, in the beginning, God. And if you would live a Genesis 1.1 life where you said, okay, I'm in a situation I don't like, I'm going to go to God. In the beginning, God. God, I don't like this situation. I need your help. I need, I need help parenting. I need help finance. I need help... Whatever it is, you say, in the beginning, I'm going to put you first. In the beginning, God. And if we, if we live this kind of way and we invite him into the process, we would actually begin to see him help us on every part of our life because we're inviting him into this journey. In Exodus uh, 20, um, God, God gives them the commands. And he says this. He says that uh, God spoke to all, all of them these words. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. We call this the first commandment. Uh, we're going to do a series in a few months that's, that's going to be built around the, the Ten Commandments. Uh, it's great, great to learn, but this is, this is the, 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 the principle is you need to put me first. He's saying the very first thing is make sure that I'm God in your life. Put God first. Uh, some of the ways we do this is number two is when, when we focus on God is we need to give God first of everything. Um, we need to give God first of everything. In, in Leviticus 20.30, it says, The tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil, fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord, is holy to the Lord. Notice the word everything. Everything means, it's not just finances, it means time, it means energy, it means your, your life. You're giving a part of your life to God. Everything, it belongs to God. And the principle behind it is, is it's the first. What you do first matters. And what you put first, always then everything else that comes after, is, it, it will it'll determine what comes second and third and fourth and fifth and how, much, how well you do with those things. Whatever you put first affects everything else. Um, I think one of the clearest ways we see this in our budget, our monthly budget, right? If, if you don't put those most important things first, you, you, you go and have fun, you spend all the money, you get down to the month and you have no more money. You have more month and no more money, right? Because you put the, the third and fourth, fifth things first where God is saying, trust me, there's, there's a way to do it. Help, let me help you on this. So he's saying with everything in your life, uh, Deuteronomy 4, 23, the purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God for, in first place in your life. So the reason behind that is God is saying, I want you to learn how to put me first, to trust me. 
Uh, when you put me first, I'll, I'll help you in every, whatever that area is. The rest of it, I'm going to bless and I'm going to help it multiply. And that's the thing with God. He always multiplies when we put him first. Everything else, he takes care of and he multiplies that to do even more than we ever could in, in, with our own life. So how do we put God first? We think of 2018. Um, let's put him first of our, the first of our year. What would that look like to put God the first of our year? Every, every year, January, we, we do this 21 days where we encourage the church to, to say, would you take 21 days and, and would you take some time to pray and to fast? Would you, would you make it a, a, um, a season of, of your year where you start off by saying, God, I understand that without your help, I cannot accomplish everything we want, that, that you want me to accomplish, that I want to accomplish. And start our year off by saying, God, I put you first in my life. Prayer and fasting, is, uh, it's, it's, they're disciplines. Jesus, Jesus in his parables, when he, when he talked when the first um, sermon, he says, when you pray, uh, when you give, when you fast. Like These are three things that God wants us to do. But prayer and fasting is, is two important disciplines that he wants us to have as we follow his lead. So prayer is talking to God, is conversation. Fasting is us giving up something. Uh, there's, there's, there's a couple different ways you can fast. So for 21 days, we ask people, during that 21 days, would you make a plan? Whether that's all 21 days you fast something or it's, it, you make a plan throughout the week that you fast different parts. But essentially, there's, there's, you go on our website, I, there's a ton of links and resources you can learn more about fasting. I would encourage you to do that. But essentially, it's denying yourself something that you really want. Like, for example, food. A full fast, one of the ways to fast is you just drink water, you don't eat food. Maybe that'd be for a day, two days, three days, seven days, 21 days if you feel that's God is asking you to do. But you would fast and, and you would say, God, I'm going I'm to stop. I'm not going to enjoy this thing that I want so that I can invite you to lead me and guide me so I can hear clearly from you. It's us denying something that our body and our flesh wants so we can say our spirit can be more sensitive to God. It's, it's you starve your flesh and you let your spirit be strengthened is the idea. So the first kind of fast is a full fast. No food, just water. Another, another fast would be a selective fast where you, you choose something. Like um, in the Bible, there's different ones like the Daniel's fast where you, you say no to meats, breads, and sweets, anything that's rich and rich. And you'd only eat vegetables and and fruit. And it's called the Daniel's fast. It's, it's a way, and, and that's a, it's a real, these, these fasts, they're not, they're not easy. You never enjoy them. You do it because you're trying to, 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 to develop a discipline in your life. You're trying to say, God, I want to hear you more. I want you more than I want the burger. I want you more than I want the cheesecake, right? I want you more than these things. And, and you, you can, so you can select it. You can select whatever you want to, to cut, to cut away. Uh, for, for, for me, my, me and sincerity, we're going to be doing a, a no sugars and then some other things we're going to be fasting where I'm not going to eat sugar for 21 days. Um, nothing sweet. And I'll just, I'll take a break. I love sweets. I have a sweet tooth. Um, and so I'm going to say for 21 days, I'm going to avoid those things. And, and then throughout the 21 days, I'll also have fast of other things. Um, like another, another one would be a, a soul fast where you, you would stop doing things that affect your emotions and, um, and, and your, um, uh, just your, 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 your emotions, your mind, your thoughts. So this would be like media. You would take a, a fast for media. If those, if those things really bother you and, 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 um, or, or Facebook, Instagram, you know, if you're always on it and, and we see pictures and it causes you to you know, be jealous or angry or whatever, the, the fast from that would say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not go to those sources for a specific time, a week, two weeks, whatever. And in that time instead, I'm going to read my Bible, I'm going to pray, I'm going to seek God. And, and, and this would be a very beneficial one because it's helping you not to be affected emotionally. You're choosing something that's going to help you be healthy as a person. So give the God the first of a year through some kind of fast and prayer and fasting. It's a great way to start your year. Uh, as a church, as we start this, just so you know, the Grove would not have existed, uh, would not exist if, if, as I say to myself and some other people, would spent time praying and fasting. 
Um, in 2009, I began to pray and fast because I sensed God was saying, I want you to do something. So 2009, I began to pray and fast. 2010, uh, there were seasons of just, I was saying, God, I'm going to deny myself this food because I really wa- I believe you want to accomplish in my life. I need to hear it clearly. And throughout the years leading up to 2014, it was a part of our discipline where every, every, every season, every few months, honestly, every month, I had a, a system where fasting was built into that. And what I was doing, I was saying, God, I, I want to hear you very clearly so I know what you want me to do. If I didn't do that, I really don't think I would have heard God clearly to say, you need to go back to Santa Fe and start the Grove. Um, so it's part of our church. It's part of our culture where we're saying we want to start a year off by saying, God, you're first. Um, I'm going to deny myself those things that, that keep my, my flesh so strong. I'm going to weaken my flesh so that my spirit can get stronger. All right, so that's the first of my year. What would it look like to put God for the first of my month? What would this look like? This, this would be your scheduling and your budgeting. All right, this, if you're a couple, this is where you would sit down with your, your, your wife, your husband, and you'd, you'd look through the month and you'd say, have we scheduled God first within our month? Have we scheduled the important things like relationships in our month, like date nights and uh, time with family? Are, are those in our schedule? Is our schedule so full that we don't have anything, any room to do? Um, I get great, great way to, to, to gauge this is if you say to your family, guys, it's time to eat, and everybody runs to the car, you're probably too busy, right? If that's the only time you eat is, is getting in the car and going, it means you're busy, not that eating out's bad or that, the point is if, if that's all you're always doing that you, you have to look at your schedule and say what how am I scheduling my life where I am, am I'm so busy and I'm so overwhelmed so it'd be your month it'd be having a budget and sticking to it that'd be part of of giving God the first of your month saying we're going to put God first we're going we're going to honor him with that uh, the first of my week what would it look like to put God for the first of my week uh, congratulations you started off uh, this year uh, this this next week doing this is going to church. It's saying, God, I want you. I want to honor you with the first of my week. Uh, so Sunday, one of the reasons Christians started practicing worship on Sunday is because Jesus rose from the dead, uh, from the grave on on a Sunday, and so they began to celebrate His resurrection. And then they said, What would it look like if instead of ending our week with worship, what if we started our week with worship? What if we start our week by saying, God, You're first? So they began to gather. And so here's the thing: when it comes to giving God the first of your week, it's not just a, an hour on Sunday morning. That's that's important. Start there. But what would it look like if you made Sunday a day where you said, God, help me to honor you. Help me to give you this day where I make relationships important. I make relationships with you important, relationships with other important, and then I begin to, to, to not be so busy. It would be okay to take naps on Sundays. It would be okay to, to take it easy and to rest. Um, it's, it's called the Sabbath, uh, the principle of the Sabbath, which we'll learn about in the Ten Commandments series, and the reason behind it. But what essentially what God is saying is if this is my, my, my rhythm for you. Six days on, you work six days, you rest one day. Right? You work six days, you, work, you rest one. And God's promise is this, that he'll do more in our six days than we could do with our seven or eight or nine days in a row. That's it. That's a promise. He'll, he'll, he'll redeem, he'll bless, he'll multiply our efforts when we put him first. So first of the year, first of the month, first of the week. And what about the first of my day? What would that look like to put God for the first of my day? Um, you know, if, if, if you gave a tithe of your day, it would be 15 minutes, about 15 minutes, uh, that, that would, that would you, you'd be saying, I'm going to give you a part of my day that I, I, I put you first. I would say the first 15 of your day should have some Bible, uh, have, have some time for worship, or maybe a song. You can refocus and rethink about how, how good God is. And then prayer. You have a time of prayer. Uh, one of the best, best disciplines you can get when it comes to reading the Bible is I would encourage you to get a one-year Bible. Uh, you can download it on your phone, the app, and you can read some plans. Uh, what's great is in our church, we have 16 people uh, that I invited. I just invited people to say, hey, do you want to read the Bible with me? 16 people jumped in and said, yeah, I want to read this. And so um, if you want to be a part of this, you're welcome to it also. Uh, but we can see uh, our notes, like, you know, something we got from that day's reading. And we put a note. We share some comments uh, just to the, the Bible app. 
pretty pretty cool little way to to be accountable, but also to have a plan to be able to do this. What's really cool is if you spent five to ten minutes reading your Bible, the one year Bible every day, uh, by the end of the year you'd have completed the whole Bible. I don't know how many of you read through the whole Bible, but um, if you just gave a little bit of time every every single day, you'll you'll eventually read the whole thing and realize, wow, I, I actually got through the whole the whole Bible. And it's it's not as hard as you think when you when you have this habit of doing it consistently over and over. So if you're interested in that, uh, we, we'll, we'll share uh, the, the link on Facebook, um, or you can come talk to us. We'll give you the link, and you can join that. Or maybe find a partner, a friend, somebody that will join you and say, hey, let's read this together. Let's, let's hold each other accountable. Let's, let's, let's put God first with, with our Bible study in our prayer time. Um, and that would be a, a way to say, God, I give you the first of my day. I give you a part of my day where I, I honor you with it. Um, so uh, we, we begin to, to, to practice these things by putting God first and thinking about what's first. Uh, the third thing is this. Once we do those, then we have to expect God to bless the rest. Uh, this is part of when he says, if you put me first, you can expect these things to happen. When we put God first, he multiplies the rest of, of, of our day, of our week, of our finances, of our time. All of those things, he multiplies it. Proverbs 3 says it like this. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns, then your barns will be full of overflowing. Your vats will brim over with new wine. When you honor him first, then he responds and he blesses. It's the principle of putting God first. He wants us to put him first, and then he responds and he multiplies and does more with, with, um, that, with what we had than we could by ourselves. Uh, so here's the challenge for this week. All right, Challenge this. Would you put God first? Today, would you put God first? Starting right now. Starting today. As you look over 2017, where are those roads that you've walked, walked down that had the holes in them? Stop going down those roads. That, that's putting God first, saying, I repent, I turn away from those, I turn your way. God, in my life, what have I made more important than you? See, because here's the thing with, with God is, uh, if God is not first in your life, if, if he's not God of all, then he's not God at all. That's just the way it works with him. It's like he, he's either God or he's not God. He doesn't play games. It's like he's first or he's not. And the choice is yours. It's not bad. He's, his end is your, your choice. It's, you can choose to, for God to be first or you can do your own thing. But when you do your own thing, you can't expect all the good that God has for you. You can expect everything that comes from those choices. And God is saying, if you put me first, I'll lead you on a path and a way better than you ever thought possible. Would you put me first? And so today, that's, that's where I would say, what, what, if, what would it look like if we started now? Instead of uh, um, uh, waiting for another time, instead of waiting for the future someday to, to fix things, what would it look like now? We said, God, today, I give you my life. Today, I repent. I realize I'm going in the opposite direction you want me to go, so I turn and I go towards, towards you. I repent. And here's the thing about repenting is sometimes those things aren't necessarily even bad things. It just, it's, to, it's, it's a stuff that's good that's taken the place of God. Finances is not a bad thing. God gave it for, for a reason. But when it becomes the most important, it takes the place of God. When it comes to things you enjoy, those aren't bad things. But when they become the most important, it takes the place of God. Repentance is saying, God, I, forgive me that I got out of order, that I put the wrong things in the wrong order. I want to put you first. And then we have, when you begin to form uphill habits like one-year Bibles, that's an uphill habit. That's not an easy thing. Even, even 15 minutes a day, for some reason, it seems like, all right, I got, I got busy, kept, didn't do it, didn't have time to pray, or fasting. Those are uphill habits where you're saying, I want to form new habits where I can begin to, to invite God to lead me and guide me so I can realize the things he has in my life. But it's reordering your life, saying, God, I put you first. It's 2018. Can you imagine with me? If every single day you would say, God, I want you to lead the way, what would that look like? I guarantee you would avoid a lot of roads that have holes on them when God is leading. 
because he'll point you and say, no, that's not a good way. And trust me, don't go that way. Trust me. No, don't spend all that. Trust me. Trust me, trust me. And, and, and that's part of our relationship with God is we're saying we want to follow your lead. In fact, this is, this is the heart of, of Christianity. This is what it means to be a Christ follower is that we are following Christ. A Christ follower is, is somebody that follows Christ's teaching, Christ's way. And so it means, God, we, we trust you more than we trust ourselves. We trust you more than we trust culture. We trust you more than we trust our best friends or those closest. We trust you. And we're going to let you lead the way. So that means sometimes it means we say no to things that culture says it's okay. No, that's not okay. God says I shouldn't go that way. I'm going to avoid that road with a hole in it. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to trust him. And we put him first. So today, I would like to invite you to do that. Um, for some of you, you've never put God first, and this would be a, a new step for you. And I, I guarantee it would be the greatest thing you do with your life. Not the easiest thing, because there's difficulty that comes with it, there's challenges, but in it, there's more peace and more joy than you ever thought possible. Because you're free from having to worry, you're free from guilt, you're free from all the things that, that hold you back. And like Paul said, I forget, I, I, I leave behind all those things in the past. I forget what's behind me. I move forward. I press on towards the thing God has for me. I leave those things behind in the past. So if you're here today, and that's, that might be you, as you're saying for the first time, God, be number one in my life. For others in this room, um, it would be saying, God, forgive me for putting other things in your place. And, and today, would, would we all start? Um, in fact, I'm going to, uh, would you close your eyes and bow your heads as we close the service today? For some of you, as I pray this prayer, I'm going to lead, a, lead these people in the prayer that raise their hands. Um, would you take a moment, and you know there's things that aren't in order. Uh, you need to just commit back to God, saying, God, today I, I put you first. Forgive me. In your own words, just you, would you tell God as I pray? Uh, for you that are in this room, that uh, you need to make a, a break from the past. You, you need to start your ear off by saying, God, I want you first in my life. Um, today you came, some of you came looking for answers, how to have a better year than you had last year. Some of you came looking for um, a way to, to connect with God and his purposes for your life. Nothing gets better until you acknowledge where you're at and say, God, I need your help. And some of you in this room today, you need, to, you need to make that decision today. Say, God, I put you first. In a second, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if that's you. I won't call you to the front. I'm just going to lead you to prayer in your seat right where you're at. But if that's you, you'll know it. The Bible says that this is what God does. He comes and he knocks on our, the door of our life the door of our heart. He says, I'm standing at that door knocking like a gentleman, softly, not, not trying to barge in, just an invitation of saying, would you open your life to me so I could come and eat with you and have fellowship with you? And today, God is knocking on the hearts of lives in this room. And he's saying, would you open your life to me? Let me come in and lead you and help you and show you how to have the best life you could possibly have. If that's you today, would you let me know you're here by just lifting your hand right now? God, lift your hand. Let me know. That's, that's me. I need, I need God to be first. I invite God to come into my life. I need God to lead me. Awesome. For many of you, raise your hand. It's saying, God, I need to leave those roads that have holes in them. How many do that? How many to find a new street that has no holes? How many to break from addiction? How many to break from things that distract? If you raise your hand, I'm going to lead you to prayer. Just saying, God, I want to put you first. Lead me and help me. It's like Paul said, now, not that I have it all together and I'm perfect, but I'm, I'm, I'm straining towards the prize. I'm straining towards God. It's a, it's a daily decision to say, God, I want to invite you in. 
And really that's what it has to come down to as a daily decision saying, God, I put you first. So if you raised your hand, would you, would you pray this prayer with me? If you're a Christ follower, would you join us? Um, in your own words, if you need to make things right with God, would you make things right with your God in your own words at this time also? But if you raise your hand, would you pray this prayer with me? An invitation of a relationship with God. Would you say this? Say, say, God, I need your help. I cannot do life without you. I invite you into my life to lead me. Forgive me my sin. Forgive me my past. Help me to have a new start. I believe you sent Jesus to die on that cross so I can have a better way, a new future, and a life with you. I receive that sacrifice on my behalf. I believe he's alive today. God, would you lead me? Be number one in my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.